Hello everybody and welcome to the 28th episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast, which is a great occasion because I just finished a 28-hour trip back from Thailand, so in excellent spirits to record this episode. And as always, I'm being joined by my dear friends, Peter Anne Nielsen in Reykjavik. Peter, where are you? I'm in Copenhagen at the moment. Um, I understand that a 20-hour trip I can probably not compete with, but still within 24 hours I went from uh, Reykjavik uh, to, to Vilnius. Then I slept there. I drove to Cholet where me and my family live. Uh, I picked up my son, drove him to Kaunas and flew, flew back to Copenhagen. So now I'm in Copenhagen for a, a week trip with him. He has a week off from school and then we go to see family in Denmark. We have been doing Tivoli, Experimentarium, the zoo, all the good stuff. So yeah, just partying around here in Copenhagen. Sounds like you're leading an amazing life as usual. Laurent Fresinet, you are in a... I have to say, for your standards, not very impressive hotel room. <laughs> What's going on there? I'm in Cap d'Ag. This is um, traditional. I think you've probably never been here, but you probably no. heard about the tournament. Uh, which I hear there's a lot of wine drinking and a lot of chess players. That's that's actually very true. It's a tournament going on. This is twentieth uh, edition. Uh, many many strong people uh, won here. Karpov, Anand, Gelfand, uh, all the big names came here. Even a young uh, Magnus Carlsen came here. Uh, I played with him in two thousand six and two thousand eight. That was uh, my first games with Magnus. So I'm playing this traditional tournament. I played. I didn't travel much because it's not that far. But can you imagine I played 14 rapid games in, um, in the last uh, few days. So that uh, was uh, quite busy and it's still going on. So I can't even keep track of your tournament schedule anymore. You're playing non-stop, right? You're playing Bundesliga, you're playing some rapid event, you're playing Cup Dark, you're going to the World Team Championship. You're, and that's it. You're back on the, on the circuit. Yeah, no, I got this invitation. I mean, I, I like, for me, it's a traditional tournament. Uh, I actually, I played the first edition in 94, uh, where I saw for the first time people like Karpov, uh, Gelfand. And uh, so I have very nice memories from my childhood here. And uh, I'm always happy to, to, to play if I have time. Uh, so, so I'm playing this, this trophy, uh, this trophy, which is uh, eight players. So that's why I played 14 games, because there's a qualifier. So top four gets to semi-final. So I won the qualifier at the end. But that it was very close. I mean, uh, this morning I I was leading by half point out of three players and one player was uh, one point behind. So I could easily uh, get into uh, the fifth uh, place and get out today. But uh, it was not to be. I won a mock so uninteresting, but... Since you're doing well over the chessboard, and I was not able to do that in the Thailand Open, like uh, I have to, I have to tip my hat to you that you're actually qualifying for stuff. Yeah, but I'm not doing well actually. Uh, I mean, like I was not playing well at all. But uh, okay, um, but the results are there. Yeah, yeah. No, but you are the favorite in the tournament, right? I'm the favorite, but you know, um, now I'm qualified in the semifinal. I will play Mawidzi with uh, 15. There's also Dada with 17. Moroni with probably 20, so I feel like a bit, uh, you know, uh, like old guy. I played Asobaeva just the last round of the qualifier. I won, 
Uh, I mean, she's like 18. She won World Blitz. She finished uh, second in Rapid in this woman events. I mean, she's very tricky. Uh, I mean, I thought I was, I played a good game, but I was on Myers 2 at some point. So um, <laughs> actually, I just checked the game, yeah, before we were, were talking before the, the show. I checked the game and to my surprise, I mean, like two moves before the end, basically, I'm, I'm on I'm lost. So it's been a tough, uh, a tough, tough qualifier, actually. All right. Best of luck in the Capdagd tournament. Thank you. Peter, what shall we talk about first? Your Reykjavik adventures, my Thailand adventures. Do we have similar adventures, different adventures? I would assume different, but uh, so I can start with mine, then we'll see. Then I'm not biased about the US, I'm trying to just be like you. But uh, I generally had a great time in in Reykjavik, I'll say, but it's strange place to, to, to be in, in many ways. I mean, you arrive there and it's just completely dark and it's raining all the time. Different and, uh, from Thailand so far, yeah. So far, yeah, yeah. And also, I wake up in the morning, five o'clock, heavily jet lagged, no idea what to do. Then I realized, okay, you can actually go swimming. Well, the swimming class sort of opens at uh, 6.30 in the morning. The five o'clock in the morning, no idea what to do, I can relate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah, we're not really, we're not in sync. But I basically sort of asked the reception at 5.50 in the morning, how do I walk to this kind of outdoor swimming pool? So I was basically just in the dark, walking around in, in the center of Reykjavik to find some place to swim. And uh, well, much to my surprise, it's just full with uh, people. I mean, a lot of Icelanders go swimming early in the morning before they go to, uh, to, to work, right? So you will have this outdoor swimming pool where you swim, you hang out in the sort of hot uh, tops or the cold tops or whatever they are and you just hang out there for for i mean before you go to work so basically i was doing that from 6 30 and i went back to sort of the hotel and had the breakfast there but oh, this is really sort of uh, lovely with iceland in that way but also well pretty pretty weird in in, in some way while i mean these uh, days i would say in europe energy is sort of the new gold and in, in iceland just uh, hot water is they have uh, angmas obviously because of, of the location and, uh, and, and things like that but um well, it was a great tournament i mean this uh, the opening ceremony is quite special. I mean, you meet a lot of these guys who was there 50 years ago. I mean, you know, you meet this one. Yeah, I, I actually organized uh, the Fisher's Basket match. The next one sort of shows picture of um, him going uh, fishing with, with, with Fisher just after the match. He said Fisher wanted to relax, so I took him out to fix, uh, fish some salmon and stuff like this. And uh, well, you get a lot of personal experiences. I asked him, so is the guy completely crazy at the time? He said, no, no, not at the time. And uh, well, you get... It's interesting to get impressions from people who's actually met Fisher and who's spoken to this case. And um, then uh, this guy, Aina Einarsson, he, well, he was uh, the big organizer in, in, in Iceland when I sort of started playing. He also took me around for sort of showing me where Fisher had lived. I mean, we went to see Fisher's apartment in Iceland, which was, I have to admit, uh, rather modest. And you go around the center, you see this is Fisher's bookstore. They have made a nice exhibition about him. He used to sit somewhere in the corner and read. And I put up a chest there and I went to Fisher's favorite Thai restaurant. So at least there is some connection to you. Right? Now we're talking. And, uh, <laughs> Masaman Curry. Oh, you actually guessed my dish. I was exactly having a Masaman Curry at the... Uh, that is the best dish. Shout out to Masaman Curry. Exactly. No, that actually really rocks and that be it Reykjavik or Thailand. And um, so that's cool. They have Fisher's portrait on the wall. You sit there, you get some good Masaman Curry and um, you hear anecdotes about Fisher. So that, uh, that was actually very good. But 
basically also I'm explaining the highlights of my social life in Iceland because um, I really love Chess 960. But it was absolutely boring being a second there because, um, well, normally during a tournament, right, you have six hours, you prepare the openings, you know, today you play Geary, you check this line, you check that line, you panic, you send an email to Fresnay, all kind of stuff and intensity. Here, there's just nothing to do. You check your opponent's games in 960, you can say, okay, he plays crap in the opening, everybody does. And, I, you know, you really don't know what to do. So... At some point, I thought, okay, what am I going to do? And I started checking out my phone and found the Google Assistant there. I've never used that before, sort of speech recognition, right? And, um, well, I checked Peter Heinenelsen, bing, it goes to Google, finds a picture of me, Jan Gustafsson, bing, German Grandmaster, yada, yada, yada. And uh, Chicken, Chat Podcast, Chicken Chess Podcast, exactly, gets everything correct. But when I try Laurent Frechenet, I had like an uphill battle for one hour. I'm not capable of training my, my phone to actually understand when I say, say long on question there. But you also say freshly near, no? Which is <laughs> very far from I me. I do. Actually. And you can imagine that the person maybe having me as a neighbor can hear me for like one hour just <laughs> pronouncing freshly different ways to get my phone to understand it. But most of the time I was getting uh, sort of long thought cinema, which is quite wrong. Sometimes I would get some kind of French female model or some French wine. But basically, no, that... Everything else, it gets straight. But Laurent Fresnay, I cannot pronounce enough for, for Google Assistant. So I'm probably pronouncing your, wrong, your name wrong, but at least I've trained, but I failed. So yeah. that's... Uh, so your phone is really, really clever, yeah? What's it? That's, uh, yeah, it seems seems to be. No, I thought also that the idea is it, it gets used to your voice, you train it, but uh, no, I just failed. Uh, anyway, I, we failed in numerous things in Reykjavik, unfortunately. But uh, this Chess 960, I have to say, is incredibly fun. I mean, this uh, I, I really enjoy and it was a great tournament. <laughs> the way it was organized there is like 30, uh, 25 minutes before the games, we meet in the reception of the hotel. Uh, well, I mean... We meet, it's the seconds and the players. And, uh, well, you can argue that it's um, a bit unprofessional that we're just meeting in the reception of a hotel for a world championship, but you can say also it's a bit uh, charming in a way, right? So there is a security check that happens before. And, uh, well, basically, it's me as a second. I'm, I'm standing there. You know, in the reception, there is people sort of checking me uh, everywhere on, on my body with this kind of uh, scanners. And uh, Norwegian television is filming it. At some point, you know, I have to stand at one leg because they will test my shoe. I'm about to fall. There's journalists there. It's kind of uh, a weird thing. And uh, I don't know why security checks has to be done in public. But I guess we do everything in public. Well, I'm pro some transparency. So, so right not. No, we do everything in public. That's what she said. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think also, uh, I don't know how this security check is actually working. I mean, uh, NRK, the Norwegian chess, uh, sorry, television company, was um, was testing it at some point. I think they said that uh, two of their, their persons got caught, but three of them managed to smuggle in some, you know, special glasses or some earplugs or whatever. But um, I think... No, there is some testing done, but also, you know, they test us and then they don't test us anymore. But this is uh, 20 minutes before the game. I mean, we had the chance to go to the toilet or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things that you could actually hide something and then pick it up. So I guess it's mostly for show. But, uh, well, the interesting part is, of course, that 15 minutes before the game, all the players... Uh, 
gets the position. So everybody lines up behind the television and then they reveal one piece at a time. So like to have maximum drama. And then there is 15 minutes where the players can go and discuss the position with their, their second. And uh, I was Magnus uh, second. So basically, in practical terms, we had 12 minutes discussing one of these uh, 960 positions before he has to go and play a game. And I have to say that is incredibly fascinating. Well, it also means that I have in sort of a 24-minute workday, which is also not too bad. But um, you get there and you talk about, well, then there's a knight in the corner, maybe you can activate your your queen and stuff like this, some kind of very weird terms that you never use in, in normal chess. You felt useful? Um, I mean, just 12 minutes. Actually, you, you said you, you worked 24 minutes, but how useful or how useless you were? I don't know. I think in the beginning, I was probably mildly harmful but then it got better in the end and I would say I was uh, kind of useful I think even in one of the games I told him well actually if this structure happens you can reroute the knight via e7 to c6 and uh, he, he did that so I mean that at least made me a, a, a bit happy but uh, generally believe it or not sometimes I try to think that well it was possible to play this position aggressively while it was not. So my instincts was too aggressive in a way. But um, I think also, no, it's just very interesting to talk about these positions. And I think generally Magnus managed to get quite good positions in the opening. So we were rather successful there. Some of the players didn't bring a second. And I think, for instance, um, Wesley So and uh, Hikaru Nakamura were sitting together discussing the positions together. Well, is that allowed? That sounds much stronger. No offense. <laughs> You know, excellent. I mean, you're making up uh, my point. I was actually telling the arbiters, is that actually allowed? And they seem to think it is. So um, it's not a complaint. It's just that um, I was a bit surprised by that. Also, before the tournament, of course, uh, I read the rules uh, very carefully. They said you cannot uh, get help from an entian. So I asked them, can I bring a game collection of um, 7,000 games I have printed out uh, in 960 positions to have them? And uh, I think basically the field guys just looked at me and, okay, now this guy again asks all kind of <laughs> relevant yet idiotic questions, right? So I think basically the agreement was you can bring a second, you can be, you can bring close, but that's it. No, no, no help in any kind of way. So that's how it it worked. Um, the tournament went kind of well. I mean, the first it starts with a group stage, perhaps uh, like uh, Cup Dutch, or actually exactly like Cup Dutch. That there is. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask, don't ask about your to, to Google Assistant about Cup Dutch because you you won't get you, you, you won't <laughs> Don't get any answer. I'm really sorry about that. Cabdash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cabdash. Yeah, exactly. Better not. But uh, there is, uh, yeah, my, I pardon my friends. Um, but there is a group stage which leads to semifinals and finals. And um, Marcus had a, a stupid loss to Nakamura the first day. So even at the last days, it was a bit tricky if he would qualify, but um, he managed well and even uh, won his group. A bit surprisingly, Wesley So was eliminated. Uh, he was the reigning champion, and basically I considered perhaps the best uh, 960 player in the world. I mean, he's even made a, a chessable court, which I, I bought and saw half of it, and he made uh, some very advanced uh, impressions uh, uh, about nine, chess 960. But he was actually eliminated. So the, the semifinals was um, Magnus against Deponyachi and uh, Nakamura against Abdusatarov. But before this, there was a free day. And um, I mean, well, and the free day, there was some excursion and such. But the night before the free days, I think that uh, the Icelanders was having some kind of party, which Magnus joined. So I basically had to, to eat on my own. I ended up with the feeder guys. And some of them said, well, Nepomniachtchi's sponsor is having a 
party and he phrased it the Russian party and he looked at me maybe you want to join and he changed his mind so basically I just uh, as usual before the free day I went back to my room and sat on my own so that was uh, hang on you could have joined a Russian Nipponishi sponsor party could have snuck in I think so that was that's paradise for you no like I think I could have uh, tried to convince them one by one, basically like uh, 12 angry men. I just go around and everybody joins my cause, right? No, yeah. I was thinking more you record everything secretly on your phone in your pocket oh, that is... and then you use it in 10 years for for whatever, the Peter Heine <laughs> all tell all tell all book. I don't, I mean, that thing also was a problem with me and uh, Boris Polis' campaign, that we we simply think that you have to follow the rules because that's how you do it. And mm -hmm. uh, that's not a, well, it would have lost anyway, but it's not a winning strategy. But you actually have a good point. I could have snug in and tried to, you know, dig up some dirt. But um, no, I went up to my room, analyzed uh, 960 positions with uh, various chess engines and tried to prepare for the semifinal and final. Um, semifinal... Magnus completely crushed Nepomniachtchi in the first game, was winning in the second game. So basically, I thought uh, that's it. Uh, I even started tweeting. I was that confident, not about chess, but uh, art, yeah, various politics and such. But um, Magnus lost the game. He lost the next one, and then he lost the third one, and he was out. Yeah, he was basically winning in all the games, and I think afterwards uh, he was complaining. He was saying that well, Nepomniachtchi doesn't even try to play 960. He just plays normal chess and plays quickly, and then tries to. Hustle and try and pressure. And I think Nepomniachtchi fired a bit back on Twitter. And uh, I wouldn't say there was some kind of bad blood, but there was a bit of. Uh, I, I, I missed uh, miss that. About it at least. I missed completely that. Ah, pity. I will, uh, I will update because. See. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's, a, that's a weird complaint, no? Uh, by Magnus. Or it sounds like me. These, these young people, they aren't even trying to understand the game. They just make moves quickly and then they take all my pieces in time travel. That's, I mean, what, what to expect from Nepo, actually? I, I I get your point, but uh, I think it's also honest. I mean, yeah. Magnus thought, okay, 960 is incredibly interesting. Let's actually try to optimize the, the position rather than just playing some random moves. And Classical is also very interesting. Classical chess is very interesting, and that's what Nepo does. I mean, no, but he wants classical time control for 960 because there's more possibilities and rapid for ah. classical, right? Exactly. Yes. And this he feels very strongly about. He thinks that 960 is a complicated game, and I very much understand it. It's very difficult to play the starting positions. Of course, you need to yeah. have more time. Makes sense. While in, uh, in in normal chess, it's too easy because you know all the moves. You know you have to play the Berlin. You know there is uh, the semitars, what whatever. You know how to handle the opening phase. So in order to get a decisive result, we need to have less time. I think it makes perfect sense. I don't think he has a chance to get it through, even if he's the the world champions at least for for a couple of months more. But uh, no, that he strongly feels is the case, and uh, I agree with him. He, well, I'm paid to do that, but uh, I mean, you know, even. Privately, private Peter also agrees with him. So uh, wow. I think it would be interesting. I mean, believe it or not, but uh, I got so excited about uh, Chess 960 that I thought, how do I stay in touch with Chess 960? So I have joined uh, uh, Chess 960 Correspondence Tournament oh, starting in a, in a few days. So, <laughs> Sounds uh, very exciting. I'm happy for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I will keep keep you posted no, about no. this. And uh, I checked my I check I checked my group. You know, there's a couple of I saw some top players. They rated 2400, um, and I thought, damn it, how am I going to compete with them? Use an engine like everybody else. Yeah, I will use an engine. Also, I checked them on the feeder list, and um, they are like uh, 1700 in 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 Elo. 
and uh, they are between 60 and 85 years old. So, so just normal correspondence players, no? It probably is, yeah. And I feel young again. And uh, no, we'll see how it goes. Uh, no, I'm basically curious. Am I capable with having all kind of different engines, uh, you know, 900 points more in ELO? Uh, am I capable of beating them? Or is it just going to be draws? Or, uh, Laurent, question for you. When, yeah. when Peter gets excited about something very boring like this, is yeah. he faking it? To pretend he's still interested in chess, no. or is he really interested in it? Because I can never tell. No, I think he's really interested, but I'm much more interested in your in your trip to Thailand to to be to be fully, I know, I fully, know. fully transparent <laughs> with both of you. And I was checking yeah. on my phone uh, Magnus Carlsen tweets and answers, but I didn't see a single tweet for the last week. So I think you are making this up, Peter. Yeah, but you're wrong. Maybe he was not tweeting it. Well. I mean, he made a tweet that, uh, you know, uh, where he was uh, dissing Barcelona. Yeah. I think uh, uh, Nepom was making a parody of that, but he was giving interviews where ah, he said okay, that somehow, uh, well, he f and I think that, well, basically, when we get to the final, it's uh, Nakamura against Nepom, and it's uh, this, the battle for, the sort of match for bronze was uh, Magnus against Apusatarov. And I think basically both Magnus and Apusatarov was clearly trying to play chess 960. They cared about the opening phase. It's obvious that they were thinking in non typical uh, ways. While I think those playing the final, They were just playing rapid chess, trying to get over the opening phase uh, without any major accidents. So they had a better strategy, yeah? <laughs> it probably that's the yeah. case. That's the logical yeah. conclusion. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it was it was the time, yeah? They play fast and, uh, well, they can calculate. So. They did, but uh, no, I mean, Magnus had great positions uh, against uh, Nepom. He just kept losing. And that was quite uh, quite surprising to me. It's a bit. Uh, What's the story with Magnus? Because he had... I guess it's difficult to compare, but it looked like it were quite a few blunders that were uncharacteristic yeah. for him. Is that because Chess 960 yeah, yeah. is so much tougher, or what's what's happening? <laughs> I don't know. It could be, of course. I mean, there is a difference. You have to start focusing from move yeah. one, and you don't get to relax. My my hunch is that you and you have played uh, four nine sixty games in a day. That's four to five hours of concentration. You also had uh, two times twelve minutes um, arguing with me about the starting position and such. It probably puts uh, a mental strain on your body. And uh, I mean, he, he gave the impression of being tired after the game. And uh, I, I mean, maybe four games is too much. Like this, it reminds me a bit of. Um, When, when we played in Monaco, well, I, mean, I played in Monaco once, but um, well, you have played the blindfold game, it's actually very, very tiring. And I think 960 is much more tiring because you cannot just rely on intuition. You're trying to figure out how to develop your pieces normally. The tactics are typically much more unusual. I mean, that's the same for everybody else, and they didn't blunder that much. No? That is not true. I mean, you saw some of them. Uh, maybe maybe it's not true, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fair I think that's not true. I mean, uh, I mean, for instance, the first game Magnus had, he was uh, winning against Fedosev after six moves. And uh, in several games, you will see... No, no, early on, I, I agree. But later on, where normally his dominance increases, he, if it felt like he had more unforced errors than usual, but maybe it's a tiredness size thing, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right, but so, I mean, they did as well, I think. Uh, no, I think if you look at these games and compare them with normal chess games, they're going to be so many more blunders and there's going to be much future swings. Actually, it would be very interesting if there is any kind of tool that can uh, measure your ELO based on the games. My hunch is that they would drop several hundred points of ELO when they play 960 simply because it's much more it's difficult. Fun to Watch. Uh, it gives us hope. No, everybody looks very pedestrian, even the best players. Yeah. 
I, 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 th- I think so. And uh, as far as I, s- I heard from those who was doing the covers, they said the numbers was not too bad. They were basically perhaps similar to some of the Magnus uh, online events where they play sort of um, rapid. Uh, so that was, uh, I mean, no, that was quite good. I I generally have hated uh, 960. I thought it was unserious. Let's focus on, on real chess. But um, I have to admit I've become a fan and uh, sort of uh, partly because of Magnus dragging me there, partly because I overtake him and start studying and think, okay, this is actually interesting. But basically, you just feel you learn a lot of uh, new stuff about chess, and that's very, very interesting. But now you, c- you can sell the stories that he, he won the match thanks to us against Nepo, uh, thanks to the, our great opening work uh, in the, in the match, World Championship match. I mean, now no opening prep. I mean, opening prep only with you, actually. <laughs> only with you, Peter. <laughs> and it's a yeah, disaster. 12 minutes with Peter. He's losing 3-1. So this is clear uh, what was missing there. You're trying to create the story that uh, you managed to take a mediocre player like Magnus and make him into a beast in World Championship match. Well, uh, good luck with that one, I think. But yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, I understand your statistics. No, I was, uh, I mean, in a sporting way, I was disappointed. I mean, um, I really wanted him to win this 960 World Championship because it's the last t- title he, he lacked. And I thought it was very interesting and I looked uh, very forward to it. I mean, it was an incredibly enjoyable event uh, from that perspective. Just uh, He just didn't win. So that's uh, that happens, I guess. Well, it did happen. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, a lot of... Uh... He's losing a lot of world champion uh, title. Maybe in one month I will get more. I think it's very likely that I will get more world champion uh, titles than, than him. After France will, yeah, will crush the, could, the could, world could, team championship. Could, could be, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's... Um, Finally. That's it. And then, yeah. well, I ha- hang out with the feeder guys, but that's as, o- as always, right? So. I'm, I'm very impressed by Nakamura, I must say. I mean, he's so, he's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, in every, this rapid, uh, this online stuff, this title Tuesday is winning, like, basically he's winning more, more, more than one out of two. It's very strong. He's so good in this rapid and blitz. Uh, so consistent. I mean, like always, always uh, delivering. I mean, this is so impressive. Even this championship tour, I mean, he almost beat Magnus. So he's always very, very uh, consistent. And he's not that young anymore. I mean, I think he's... he's Like you? No, no, no. no. He's a bit, he's a bit no, younger. He's but like he's 35. He's 35, okay. 36. So uh, that's uh, amazing, actually. Congrats to him. And, and he's streaming like crazy, actually. He's talking all this nonsense in his stream. <laughs> I mean, like for six, seven hours a day. And still uh, keeps playing like, uh, like I mean, like in, in Rapid and Blitz. I mean, like Magnus is better, but who else? Even in even in candidates, yeah. he was impressive. I mean, well, he might have some limitations to his absolute maximum level, but he's incredibly stable and he keeps performing. It's I mean, amazing. Uh, no, I'm, I'm also very impressed. I, I didn't expect that he was uh, capable of doing what he did here, I mean, and he did. And, uh, well, I mean, I can whine a bit about Magnus having uh, good positions, but uh, who cares, right? I mean, uh, it's not... Uh, no, but uh, well, you just have to respect what he's doing and be impressed. There's no way around yeah, it. It's very, very special, especially when you know he's talking to Chet, yeah. who is not great at chess all day, which something I'm used to. And I see that, yeah, the levels of chess I'm playing at and that he just keeps yeah keeps performing at a world class world class level and wins those things it's it's very very special it's it's a bit sad that to entertain his chat it will cost him 100 million dollars but yeah that's 
That's how it is. For that boy, Cowie, would be bankrupt. I thought he was the he was the one who was safest. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, I also yeah, read an article. Yeah, it was a said, but who knows? I read an article by Peter's friend Stefan Löffler saying that Magnus is clearly distracted by the hundred million looming. That's why he's blundering in Fisher Run. Well, journalist has to create stories, right? Uh, I mean. I, you know, as a coach, it seemed to me that he he played some bad moves at the the wrong time, and that the, his blunders was too costly. But um, yeah, it could be. But I mean, there's also been saying that when Magnus was in some kind of uh, shitstorm about uh, this uh, betting sponsorship in, in in Norway, he had one of his best tournaments. I mean, at least I have not heard from his own mouth that uh, this is any kind of uh, reason for. No, but let's see. I mean, like, you cannot judge after one tournament. Of course, if he's playing five, six tournaments, you know, which are uh, bad. No, it's also, I mean, he did, uh, he was he was knocked out of the semifinal of Duda in this, uh, in Carlsen uh, Tour last week. So somehow, uh, sort of previous week. Tour, and, uh, well, we, uh, yeah, we will see it as disappointing. But uh, he did actually secure overall uh, win of the Tour with uh, one tournament to go. It's also... I mean, if we consider that a failure, then, uh, well, the other success has to be pretty good, right? Uh, yeah, but we're not really doubting Magnus good at chess. So I think the standard, if he doesn't win an event we consider it as a failure, is the standard he would want himself, no? Yeah. I think also, well, I mean, you're talking about the, the, the lawsuit uh, thing, but, well, also, I think during uh, Reykjavik, he signed off to his world championship yeah. title, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know the details, but it seemed like uh, now he is given in, uh, in writing that he's not going to defend his title, and they have officially uh, uh, sort of in, invited the uh, Dingley rank. So, I mean, theoretically, that could also weigh on him. But again, I don't think that uh, we need to look for external excuses. I mean, he makes bad chess most of the time. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the important part yeah. of the program. Oh, exactly. I did not manage to defend my Thailand Open title. <laughs> I lost a lot of rating. Um, your boy, Ganguly, he's a new Thailand Open champion. Great victory for Team Vichy. Congratulations to him. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a bit torn. I had a great time, as always, in Thailand. But I also played like such an idiot. I, I was thinking about it, I think, since age 13. I haven't played Oof. worse, like consistently. <laughs> I mean, 13, you can do You took some buy, no? At some point, you just disappeared from the live. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring that up. No, from the live boards, I disappeared early, but then later on, I took it. A... Yeah, I tried to find you, but... Yeah, yeah, I was hiding and battling <laughs> Indonesian 2100s. I was getting updates that you were playing the dragon on Twitter by Kolovic, who has apparently went there and checked it visually because you were not on the live boards, right? Yeah, so, yeah. No, I took a buy at some point trying to stop the bleeding. Didn't didn't help. I took the buy, got a draw, came back, made another draw against the 2000. Oh. But then heroically won my last two rounds. No, okay. it was oh. it was rough. It was rough. What can I say? Um, and yeah, I think that's. I was priding myself in sort of keeping my mediocre chest level, even though playing very very little. And now this has been has been a really really. Serious drop, which I guess I had coming, but it's uh, you never know when it's gonna hit you beforehand because you think, ah, okay, I'll be all right. But then I look at Laurent, who had such a problem some years ago, and now he's back to full strength. So I believe there's there's still hope when when one commits. I'm back to full strength. I mean, I'm like 100 points uh, 
uh, <laughs> less than my 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 peak hating. So I'm not. Hating. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You're just you're just stable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm 26, 22, and my peak it was 27, 21. So I mean, I'm not back to full strength, and I will probably never. Even if I, you know, you know me. I'm an optimist. <laughs> I think everything, but, but if I get to 26.50, already I will be very, very happy. But uh, that will be incredible. I understand it will be incredibly difficult to achieve, actually. No, but I'm saying you're playing chess again. I didn't yeah. measure it so much by by your peak rating, but I saw you at the Olympiad. I see the way you're playing now. You're playing more or less normally. Maybe not the way you would want to, but it looks like you're... Yeah, I'm playing like a normal... Play. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Standard guy, yeah. Yeah. Peter? What is your solution about that? We, we know my solution. Actually, I have to admit that uh, I think a week ago I was secretly checking your both on the ELO list to check if was I perhaps the highest rated chicken. I'm probably the lowest rated chicken, but it's very... No, we can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. I have to stop the... No, but... But it's very close. I mean, you guys having a bad tournament, that's it. I mean, then I'm above you. No, but you will be the... I mean, it's, it's clear that you will be the highest uh, at some point because we'll keep playing. I mean, at least some Bundesliga for Jan or maybe Thailand Open... And I will keep playing some stuff. And at some point, I'm sorry, Jan, but uh, we, we will go uh, below Peter. But okay, I mean... Is but it... we can play matches against Peter. I, we, I want to play a match with tournament. Peter. I think he's massively overrated. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I, I was invited to Dortmund a year ago or two years ago. And I thought a bit about it. And I thought, no, it's not going to work for me. So, but I actually want to hear from Jan. You did not too well there. Is it your impression that uh, Thailand Open has an influx of uh, talented uh, young players who is heavily underrated, or is it just you getting old? But I assume that the first thing could actually quite matter. I well. think it's a bit of both, but also once I get too deep in my in my head and start missing too many legal moves, you can't hide behind. Oh, but these guys are really. Underrated. I think that's true to some extent with many young players all over the world with yeah, chess information getting easier to obtain. And of course, with COVID, some people had time to look at chess. But it's n not an excuse for for no. my performance and the way my head was working. Like, of course, I can be connected. You you don't win a game and you start getting deeper in your own head and so on. But I don't think these two things are very connected. No, but uh, I mean, we, I, I must say that... Uh, The biggest difference for me is that the level of uh, resistance. I mean, like to win games, so much tougher now. People are defending like crazy. I mean, like it's very, very difficult and uh, they're creating much more problems. There's that, but there's also getting a good position. Like against these much weaker opponents I played, usually I would expect to be winning out of the opening a fair amount, but I was only, I only managed once in the tournament. Okay. And if you don't win out of the opening and you play like an idiot, you have to work all of a sudden. Like, yeah, but I've so yeah, I think it's both the the yeah resistance, but also the people just play better openings now at at all the levels. And I blame blame us to some extent. We we taught them. That was stupid. Yeah, that and AI, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm having good positions generally after openings, but then I get some. Uh, But you're using all the match prep. Yeah, I thought yeah, I can't exactly. use all the match I'm prep. I'm getting some. It was my point. I'm getting some <laughs> game messages <laughs> from from Peter. Uh, I try, actually the only game I lost here uh, was I tried the Sicilian, and that was I mean like I was overconfident at some point. I played some Sicilian. I got completely crushed. I mean like never again. 
But that's a nice thing with 960. You don't have to care about these things anymore, right? I mean, yeah, but how do I win games if I don't win any openings? Do you think we would be great 960 players? Like- yeah, you would not be too bad, actually, because uh, then you have to start studying again, and you might uh, actually be quite good at that, uh, I would say, to sort of learn new skills, to understand some things. I mean, you look at position with the engine, you try to understand, okay, these kind of things matter. Here you should not play G4, you should actually play D4 instead, and... Uh, I don't think that uh, you would be too bad at it, no? I think it's wrong. We are so much better than people. I mean, I think you don't get... I mean, like, I think we are so much better than people at openings. I mean, now I'm playing regularly. I mean... Yeah, but I mean, no, but... But I'm sorry, but I think me and Jan, we consider ourselves experts who could kill everybody in the opening. And we consider you one of those that we could kill, who are now gotten so much better in the opening. And uh, it's just uh, hopeless. I mean, I feel the same like Jan. I mean, when I went back to Bundesliga, I, I could barely get an advantage against a 2400 player, which I would normally completely crush in the opening phase. I mean, I have no idea how to do it anymore. So, I mean... I mean, I ended up playing the London, which is, uh, well, at least a, a joke, but uh, no, it's, I mean, I assume also in the Thailand Open, you cannot bust players in the opening anymore. I won right? one game out of the opening, uh, but... Uh, oh, nice. Well, um, really, we're talking 2,100 opponents. It's a very modest level we're talking about. But yeah, in general, I think with engines so much stronger and the information so much better and people, you know, they play mainstream openings. And if not, they they know their stuff. It's it's gotten harder, but we're once again sounding like old men. It's a, it's a jungle out there. It's not like you're playing world beaters in the town open. I just couldn't play. <laughs> no, maybe not. Oh, Gang- oh, Ganguly managed to to be fair, right? So yeah, it seems possible. He is rough. I know. <laughs> but you had a no, great I time. still had a great time, which yeah. I'm not sure I should play whatever twenty five rating points for having <laughs> having a good time every time. Maybe I should just go on holidays. But it's nice, you know. <laughs> Yesterday morning before my trip, I got kicked out of the very nice Shangri-La hotel. So I had like six hours to kill. I went, had a beautiful cafe mocha, nice fresh juice, some apple crumble pie sitting sitting in 25 degrees. Then I went to the gym, paid 60 baht, which is like one euro to use a very nice gym. Then I felt a bit sweaty after the gym, went, got a nice Thai massage. Ah. It's, it's just time goes by. <laughs> <laughs> Very nicely. Then I had a nice, uh, a nice lunch. You can, you can just, you know, live, live in Thailand. It was beautiful. Then I went to the airport to Chiang Mai airport. Uh, tried to check in. Doesn't make you nervous when you're trying to check in, and when they they pick up the phone immediately. Like it's normally not a good sign. Never happened. Never happened. Wow. No, my my flight was cancelled from Chiang Mai to Bangkok. Oh, but I was rescheduled on the next flight. No problem. And yeah, then I flew to Bangkok, flew from Bangkok to Dubai, fell asleep on some bench in Dubai. And when I woke up, I realized one of my AirPods had gone. I'm really addicted to my AirPods, I've noticed. Uh-huh. Well, also, basically, you were doing uh, sort of the match tour, right? You went to ba- you went to Thailand, and then you went to Dubai, right? Sort of, sort of. I mean, as a nine, well, ten months reunion tour, something. Yeah, like that's that. true. Anyway, that's true. I stopped at all the good stops. I should join. We should do commentaries next year. I mean, like, try to find Jan. I mean, thanks to you. First of all, I'm grateful that I discovered Thailand. Thanks to you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I mean, that was amazing, especially the second. I mean, the first match. Uh, in against Kawana, 
I mean, it was too long. I mean, Magnus won in tie breaks. That was very annoying. But it was a bit stressful. Also, yeah. He ruined like, all our fun with the tie breaks. The, and, second, uh, match, never... the second match was, was, was better <laughs> against Nepal. <laughs> Let's face it. I mean, that was just much more relaxing after eight games. We all knew when he was plus two, we all knew that, okay. Uh, even Nepo knew, I think. I mean, like, <laughs> everyone yeah, knew. Really, really good time in Phuket. Shout out to Phuket. But Chiang Mai also a fantastic city. In Phuket, where we were, was a bit more of a touristic place. Chiang Mai, where's everything? But it's really, really beautiful. Ah, it's better than Phuket? I can recommend it. If you have to give life choice advice to young chess players, it almost sounds like having Thailand as a base makes it incredibly cheap. Well, for instance, I live in uh, in Lithuania. It's obvious things are cheaper than in Denmark. But you sound like if you move to Thailand, you can actually live quite uh, quite well as a professional chess player. Is that uh, getting it wrong? It depends if you're playing to make any money as a professional chess player because they don't have chess tournaments other than that one. <laughs> no, you'll have to travel to Europe now and then and win some money. But, but Yeah, but that's, that's a big problem, right? The flight to Europe and the trip, it's that's not going to work. But if you're not a professional chess player, but I don't know, an IT freelancer doing anything they can do remotely, you could do much worse than living in Chiang Mai, where you can get, I'm sure, a beautiful apartment for a couple hundred a month. Yeah. And the cost of yeah, yeah food no and in general life quality yeah, yeah. is so much lower. I still find ways to spend a lot of money, but I'm yeah. also an idiot. Me too. Um, no, but it's a... <laughs> Yeah, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful place and highly recommended to go visiting. <laughs> Even the daily massage, uh, Peter, which we got during the match, uh, yeah, just to feel better, to work better, was uh, incredibly cheap. I mean, everything everything is cheap there. Yeah. Well, the massage I got uh, was 200 baht, which I guess is like six euros. Yeah. And since I'm a high roller, I gave 100 baht tip. So it was like nine euros for a one hour excellent massage. Yeah. No, like it's, it's nice there. What can I say? Love it, but I should not lose all my yeah. all my rating, ideally. But what can you do? Yeah, the Thai gambit. Anyway, is that um... that was very exciting? I'm so I'm a bit I'm a I'm a bit jaded. I should I should join. I should find a way to join, but I don't want to play. Yeah, I hear you. Maybe maybe they'll need commentators or something, or maybe they won't be able to afford good commentators. So boom, there's our chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, what should we... We should, we should talk about uh, Monaco? What's oh. a Monaco? That's the women's candidate tournament? That's the women's candidate, yeah. yeah. With, uh, uh, I didn't follow much. I saw that uh, Anna Muzichuk won... I mean, like, that's the problem, yeah? That I, I won't come to the Philly segment, don't worry, Peter, because I saw Sutovsky was tweeting about that. No, I have other stuff stuff planned for Philly segment. You can take it here, don't worry. So it's um, semi. Uh, it's actually quarterfinals. They were di- divided in two groups, uh, four players in Monaco and four players which they will play where, uh, Peter? You know better? The second part? I think in Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan, yeah, where there will be the Russian players, actually, in Uzbekistan. And now there's the Ukrainian players, basically the Muzichuk sister. One of them lost. They almost both uh, lost, but Anna Muzichuk won the last game on demand against Koneru. And then she won a crazy tie-break, as, as far as I could tell. Uh, and now she's playing the final against. Well, she won a tie-break where uh, Koneru basically blundered a piece in, uh, in two moves. Yeah, but with fatigue and so on, yeah, that's uh, the way it ends. And now she's playing the final against Lake Tingje. At the time we are recording, it's two doors. So I guess it's four games, six games? 
We don't know? I don't know. I assume four yeah. games, but I haven't checked, to be honest. So four Actually, it's the semifinals, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The winner will qualify to play the winner of the, the other candidates group, and the winner of that match will uh, get to challenge Juve and June for the World Championship match later. So, uh, actually, do you think Fide is voting against Muzichuk? Uh, who in Fide? <laughs> but uh, I think it depends who you ask. But generally, yes, I think that uh, it would be more practical for Fide if uh, there was not a Ukrainian-Russian clash. There's no doubt about that. On the other hand, for Fide, it would also be great if they could stage such things. So I think they're a bit split. But generally, obviously, yes, the idea is to to sort of uh, split the, that apart because... I mean, with a Ukrainian-Russian class, you, you have to make some kind of decision. And uh, if the decision is that they have to play, then the Ukrainian might have to withdraw for legal reasons, and then you have a problem, and so on and so forth. So it would make the lives of them uh, feed easier, of course, if uh, if uh, Anna Motyshuk didn't uh, win the semifinal. That's my impression, yes. Because, yeah, because in, in the other group, I think there's three Russians uh, players, so it's very, very likely that uh, mm-hmm. a Russian will get out. Well, yeah, it's Korea. Ashkena, Lakno Kostenyuk, and then it's embarrassing. I think uh, a Chinese player, but I forgot her name. So, Mm -hmm. but there was a bit of stories there. I mean, uh, I think. the FIDE CEO, uh, Mr. Sutovsky, was uh, complaining that, well, I mean, we have excellent venue, you know, exciting games, but uh, no one really tweets or talks about it. We don't have enough spectators, you know, how are we going to solve that problem? And, Why um, spending a lot of money? Ah, spending, well, the excellent co- conditions for the players as well, both in terms of location and in terms of financial uh, benefits as well, right? Yeah, I think they are in Hermitage, which is not the, the worst hotel in... Uh in the world, one of the best of talent in the world, simply. I obviously have complained about one of the sponsors because he's uh, uh, on a Ukrainian uh, pre-sanctioned list, but uh, let's stick to chess for, for, for a change, right? I mean, well, Sutovsky's suggestion and others was that they should put the open candidates tournament together with the female candidates tournament to ensure they get more spectators. But uh, I'm obviously not a fan of that, but we can have your opinions first if you, if you prefer. I think that yeah, the debate is now, are people not watching it because it's whatever, 2530 versus 2570 players or because the players aren't famous enough? I don't know if Gotham Chess or uh, whoever is more famous would be playing. Probably there would be a bigger following, or the Bota sisters. Uh, so I guess it's not not just about the rating. I'm not sure how many purists there are out there that just want to see the best games. Like probably me, but yeah, that's yeah. Peter who only watches like Stockfish versus Leela. No, I mean for instance. Exactly. I'm watching the TCEC final at the moment between Stockfish and Leela. And, uh, well, I mean, you know, are you anti-robot since you're not watching them? Or how does it work? I'm anti-chess. I'm, if I'm not paid, I you're watch You're anti-chess. Fair, fair, fair enough. But, fair enough. I mean, I think they will be very disappointed with the uh, numbers of uh, views for the match Dinglira and Nepomiashi because you need a charismatic champion as well. I mean, and we were lucky to have... Kasparov, uh, I mean, long time ago, Karpov, even uh, Magnus. Uh, and you, I mean, you would argue if I disagree. We... I think the World Championship match brand is strong enough. Like, maybe not so, yeah? as a Magnus match, but it will will be pretty big. Yeah. No, but okay, come on. You you want to compare the viewership of uh, Karsen Nepomiashi 
And Dinglia and Nepomiashi? I think it will just be crushed. We can compare. No, I mean, China is a big country, but let's see. But uh, probably I, I agree with you both here, but um, no, that I, I, I get. But, uh, well, I think the female uh, candidate suffers from various things. I mean, uh, it's split in two things, doesn't help. I mean, there is one or two games going on. and But also, well, the best players are not, there either, who your yeah. fan is missing. We know the Polga also exists and uh, the ratings are lower. But also, I mean... There's no real narrative, right? Or, I mean, the exactly. female circuit hasn't built that. If you get to yeah. your fan versus Polga, yeah. then you can exactly. say the, the legend versus yeah. the other all-time strongest uh, woman and so on. But, yeah. Like, Numbers would be great. Yeah, exactly. That people will I watch. Mean, but, <laughs> I, I see the games, but it doesn't particularly interest me. And I don't particularly root for anybody. And I guess that's for, for, for many people, that they're not really emotionally attached to it. And this idea of putting it at the same times as the open candidates, well, I think, A, it makes it into some kind of B event because, well, they're going to be the weaker players. But also, well, then we're going to have you know, one event, instead of having two events, that's also a pity. I mean, the female candidates should stand on its own. It should be an event by itself. I mean, it's a pity if we can only have one host city when we can actually have uh, two different. I, I think that's just wrong, but um, I, I don't think I will get my way on this one either. I think they're going to do it the next time, but let's see. Yeah, I think this lack of narrative applies to some extent, not just to female events, but for example, with the online tours like i sometimes i just lose sight of course uh, you have magnus and we we keep track of him and so on but it's very hard for me to say oh did so do well in that one or did do the win that one and i mean zero zero offense to anybody of course there's a lot of great chess coverage and events but yeah somehow outside of the of the circuit sometimes it feels like it's almost oversaturated sometimes with all the chess we're having and also mm -hmm. with that but that's the usual request for people that can't play chess anymore the players have to understand they're in the entertainment business and have to give us more or to chew on so hikaru doing a fine job <laughs> giving us <laughs> yeah, yeah. material but no i don't know i don't have a fix for the women's candidates i guess yeah let's see who makes it out there? I'm a big late G fan, but I'm not sure how big her following is. No. I mean, for me, it doesn't need to be fixed. It uh, exists perfectly well on its, its own, and uh, those who would like to watch it should watch it, and that's um, how it's supposed to be, and uh, I, it doesn't bother me particularly. But, um, Beautiful. Anyway, Laurent he hadn't noticed, basically. Sorry? Yes. Laurent's busy. Leave him alone. Sitting there in Cap I'm playing. I have a tough, tough Tough tournament, come on, playing too much. Speaking of Kapdash, should we talk about uh, the sad situation of one of the former yeah. winners? I mean, like, even, um, actually, it's more than the former winner. He, he, he came to every edition of uh, Kapdash, mm -hmm. and actually they gave the name uh, of um, of the trophy, which I'm playing uh, to Kapov, so it was Kapov Trophy, till, I mean, they removed the name of Kapov. Uh, for this year, for obvious uh, um, reasons, but yeah, is they it, have. What is it now? <laughs> the Jules Mozart trophy? No, it's uh, just a trophy. I th I think uh. they have mixed feelings because the guy just came every year, and they feel some. I mean, it's uh, it's a tough situation because he was very important to the to the goals of the tournament, uh, Kapov, but uh, mm -hmm. to. Uh, 
Another, of course, level uh, is political, let's say, decisions were, of course, very, very dubious. But anyway, we should probably explain uh, that, um, well, Karpov is hospitalized at the moment. And uh, the extent to how bad the situation is seems to be unknown, if I understand correctly, right? Yeah. There is very conflicting yeah. stories from that Karpov is not in too bad shape to that he's actually hospitalized uh, with a head uh, trauma and is in coma, uh, artificial coma, uh, as I understand. The story here I heard is that he's doing, he's doing fine, actually. From, yes, some friends mm -hmm. here. There, there is conflicting stories. I think also Chess.com had a statement saying that uh, from one of their sources, it seemed that he was in, uh, well, and there was also some point, there was, I think, story that Karpov uh, has, has been attacked outside the Russian state Duma, but this seems to have been denied. But uh, there seems to be quite some uncertainty about several uh, factors, as far as I can understand, right? Maybe some of you know better. No clue. I just saw a bunch of tweets, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it uh, no, it could be a very potentially serious uh, situation for him, but uh, well, I think we we just don't know. And um, well, there was uh, suddenly a lot of uh, rumors circulating on Twitter, and some news. Someone even withdraw their tweets and, and and things like this because it was too unclear what was what was happening. But I could I, I could actually his manager Quatley is here. I could. I could ask him if I, but I'm not in a, in a chatting terms with him. So, well, <laughs> use your, per your personal connections. Yeah, yeah. But also, uh, maybe it's uh, too serious uh, a subject to rather either politicize or joke about, right? Karpov could actually be in very bad shape from what at least some of the people are saying. But well, as you say, if he's actually doing well, that'll be good. But uh, it seemed unclear to me. The beauty of Twitter, we get five versions of every story. Yeah. So, what else? Junior power rankings. These kids, they're they're all on holidays, right? Is anybody playing? No, Satorov, he scored like seven and a half out of eight in. That was amazing. In eight games in a row, that yeah. was pretty good. That was in Fisher Random, right? Yeah. He started out kicking ass like crazy in the preliminaries. Yeah. Um, well, I actually managed to see him. I had seen him before, of course, in the Olympiad, but briefly. But uh, it seems like a very serious kid. Uh, comes in a very, you know, well, uh, stylish suit uh, for, for the for the rounds and seems to be very serious. You know, you can see that uh, when we get the chess positions, uh, you know, Magnus will drag his second along so he can joke with him. The others would sit and joke together. Satarov would just sit on his own, fully focused, staring at the position, trying to wow. grasp the details. He came alone, yeah. No, he was uh, he was taking. He came alone. He took it very seriously. He gives the impression of a very, very serious and, uh, and hardworking guy. I mean, it was clear that for him this was uh, a very interesting challenge. He wanted to do well, but as Jan pointed out, he peaked too early. I mean, uh, I think he even again. I don't want to spread fake news, but maybe he beat Nepomniachtchi as much as 4-0 in, in the preliminaries. But um, then he lost to Nakamura in the semifinals and was out. Yeah. So, uh, but, um, and again, I don't know. I mean, the guy did great in the preliminaries and he lost the semifinal and then the final and didn't get a medal. I don't know if that moves him up or down the power rankings. No, too. I think that moves him up. So, I, I mean, like, let me, let me uh, recap. I mean, like, he was not moving the pieces mm -hmm. at all. Like, he was staying at the board and... He was just sitting there trying to grasp the, I mean, well, you understand when you get a 960 position, you try to get into the details and you look at, okay, wh what is it that this position makes uh, it special? Do I maybe, is there some kind of pieces that are on, on, 
protected also how can i develop and it, it takes a couple of minutes to get into this i mean you know then you want to you think b4 c4 suddenly someone says why shouldn't you go e4 but he just sits on his own and thinks like this but uh, no he was sitting there fully focused like uh, it was his time to move during a chess game and was just uh, thinking hard this was uh, no, it was impressive i, I mean Oh, I think it's uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, he looks very motivated, hardworking, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I felt some sympathy for him in that way. That um, that seems to be a serious sport athlete who wants to do well. He is um, curious about the game. He's trying hard to improve. He's trying hard to perform, and um, it's difficult not to respect. But also, I mean, the few phrases we spoke, he was very friendly and nice. So, I mean. Um, no, nothing, nothing bad, yeah. bad to so, say. Um, yeah, he did well. I, yes. I don't know about. I think the Indian kids just took a rest. Yeah, uh, eventually, probably they will come back in uh, in Championship Tour. Championship Tour is coming back, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think in uh, maybe in in two weeks' times we're gonna have the finals uh, somewhere in the states. I forgot where. Uh, embarrassing so, but I think so. And uh, I think uh, Magnus do the. Some of the kids are playing Geary as well. Um, so Magnus has already won the whole thing, but of course it's still a, a tournament in itself. It's going to be played most likely in this kind of, um, what is it called? Um, ah, e-sports okay. setting where they are playing with, with computers. So it's a major, uh, it's a major tournament. So, so the double the, the, the prize fund as well. The, the pr- the pre- previous major was in the States as well, where where Magnus and the Hans was playing at the beach, right? So probably they have some PR activities where, yeah. You want to weigh in on what we said? Or? Not really, no. I thought Abdul Satorov was, uh, was good and should give points in the junior ranking because he won all these games. Rating-wise, not a lot has changed. Sylvie Ruja, Gukesh, Eric Aisi, Abdul Satorov, those are the four 2700s. Then Keimer at 2698 and Niemann at 2697.6, followed by Pragnananda. Um, I don't know. Looks like not a lot moving. We could have power rankings for who's most likely to make 400 million next year. (laughs) (laughs) Or to get a settlement for 2 millions, maybe. (laughs) To become a millionaire. I think to become a millionaire, uh, Niemann is a favorite. It's my pick. It's my uh, bold. You don't think your boy Ali Riza is a millionaire? Ah, maybe. Actually, already, huh? You think so? Maybe. Made 250,000 in one month. Yeah, but you have to, you know, somewhere. in France, yeah. there's some, uh, uh, you know, because you have the same in Germany, uh, which is called uh, local tax. And I'm uh, well aware of. And uh, when you make this kind of money, I... If you if you still have you, you you will probably get less. Well, they take half of it. No, no more, more, more. How it works? Yeah. More than more. half of it. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it's a long way to become a millionaire. Actually, I think I might still be a type art millionaire even in my. Yeah. <laughs> Once I went to the cashier in Vietnam, and I think yeah. I got like six hundred thousand. What's it called? <laughs> Duong. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. So. Peter is not here, yeah, for his physics segment. No, Peter's here. I, you can't hear him, but I can, which is good enough. So, Peter, tell us all about it. Okay, so we start the, the, this week in feeder segment, and I mean, due to numerous complaints that I'm just 
playing the old hits. I will go somewhere completely else where we haven't been before, but to to Moldova. I mean, and uh, well, my headline is a bit uh, populistic, and it is is Fida actually involved in a coup in Moldova? That's probably stretching it way way too far. But uh, the last week, the U.S. Treasury came out with a report about the situation in, in Moldova, where they were talking a lot about uh, corruption and uh, Russian agents and has been involved there. And uh, well. It, in connection to the 2020 Moldovan presidential election, for instance, uh, but uh, even going back considerable years uh, longer. Well, it's just on the U.S. Treasury site. You can uh, find their report. You can also find a journalistic version about it uh, in the Washington Post. So it's actually rather serious, um, you know, media or institutions who is talking about that. You can also wonder why is Moldova that relevant for Russia, but basically you have to flip up a map uh, and uh, you will figure out why. It's located uh, quite close to, um, to 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 Ukraine. I think at some stage in uh, in the uh, Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine, there was fears that uh, if Russia would get to Odessa, they could basically connect it to their sort of um, um, their the sort of uh, to Transnistria, which is a part of Moldova that's claiming uh, independence, is very Russian pro, and that basically Moldova would be in risk of folding like that. So Moldova very much has uh, geopolitical relevance for for Russia in 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 that way. And um, well, anyway, I'm just babbling about the situation in in in, in Moldova. But what's the connection to FIDE? Well, if you look at uh, the FIDE website, there is uh, something called the FIDE Sonal uh, Council. And that's basically, well, the, the leaders of FIDE, like Dvorkovic, and then all the Sonal presidents. And if you go down to Son 1.8, you will find Igor Dodon, who is the Sonal president there. And he's very much mentioned in the, um, the U.S. Treasury report, in the, I mean, in the Washington uh, Post uh, article as well. Igor Dodon is uh, the head of the Moldovan Chess Federation, but he's much more known for being the former president of Moldova. I think he was the president from 2016 to 2020, and uh, the reports are linking him heavily to corruption with Russia, to that uh, Russian agents was in touch with his party, and so on and so forth. He has recently been put into house arrest, uh, accused of corruption. He was actually in house arrest before the FIDE elections, but still registers as the head of the, um, the, the the Moldovan Chess Federation with the right to vote. I think at some point it became a story that he will be removed. And the Russian news agency TASS wrote an article, I think in May, that no, Dodon is going to stay as head of the, 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 the Moldovan Chess Federation. And I think also recently, as 8, 18th of September, he even called for that it should be a coup in, uh, in Moldova, that it would be the right thing to do. And, uh, well... What is the links to, to FIDE except for that? Well, Dodon was one of the people who was nominating Dvorkovic back in 2018, for instance. And also shortly after the elections, when Dvorkovic had uh, won in 2018, uh, uh, Viral Bologan was announced as a new FIDE employee. And that was not done on the FIDE website. It was done on the Dodon's presidential uh, Facebook account, for instance. So there is very much ties in that way. And also, well... Maybe not feeding, you can argue, but Bologan and Karpov has helped uh, Dodon by campaigning. You can find pictures of Bologan and Karpov playing symbols, for instance, uh, like that. Bologan himself was even uh, a member of uh, Dodon's party. He was elected in, into parliament like that. And, um, well, basically, I'm trying to say that someone who has been, who is, well, 
incredibly influenced in Moldova, is connected to, to FIDE and to chess and uh, has sort of uh, been recommending Dwork, which he's gotten things to return and so on and so forth. But also, of course, a relevant question would be that, um, well, these ties with um, Dodan being president in Moldova and getting heavily influenced by, by Russia, some says that even having speeches approved and sent to there, getting financial support, uh, was even back in the times when... Um, Dvorkovic was not in FIDE, but was actually uh, active in Kremlin at that point. So, well, it would be relevant to know maybe Dvorkovic actually knew about that when he was still getting involved with him in the, in the chess world. But uh, anyway, that's the situation in, in, in Moldova. You can also look a little bit to um, to the women's uh, candidates tournament in, in Monaco. Uh, basically, FIDE is saying that, well, we don't want to have any Russian money anymore, but I think the definition of what is Russian money is quite, uh, well, different than maybe not what I expected, but what I hoped for. That, for instance, if you look at the pictures being taken at uh, sort of who makes the first moves, one of them was Ina Bashanova, who was, um, well, is one of the sponsors or married to one of the, the sponsors. They have some uh, art uh, things together, but you can see that her husband is uh, on the Ukrainian uh, pre-sanctions list with a bunch of uh, financial interest in, in, in Russia and uh, I think generally this idea that we're trying to distance ourselves from sports washing uh, Russian sponsors and having, you know, getting Russian money into FIDE is uh, not exactly done at a 100% uh, level of intensity to put it mild and uh, well maybe the last thing is more of a joke but uh, I think everybody is talking about uh, um, Twitter, you have to pay to get verified. You have to pay to get your blue tick, right? And, uh, well, I sympathize with that, but that's basically what I've been complaining about in, in FIDE for a long time, that uh, even if you are a well-known trainer, you have to pay uh, your FIDE uh, 300 euros to FIDE just to get registered as an official coach. So, I mean, that everybody's complained that they have to pay $8 to get verified. Is, uh, I agree with them, but uh, it's have been much worse in, in FIDE in a way. But... Um, I can see that Laurent has almost finished his huge donut, so I will give the word back to you if you have any kind of questions or applause. No, I wouldn't compare Fide to Twitter, to be honest. And my donut was good. Ah, uh, well, I mean, Twitter is a private company, so I think the comparison is a bit, is a bit uh, weak. I don't know. Fide is also, I mean, that was the problem, that Fide shouldn't be acting like a private company, but they, they quite did, in my opinion. I mean, that you have to pay 300 uh, euros uh, to be registered as a coach for the you know French team, I think is, is unreasonable. I, I, mean, I don't think, but you have to be. I think you have to, or maybe it's been changed now, but just generally, I mean, some things has to be certified here in life. I mean, well, your driver's license, that has to be certified. That uh, at doctors, you, not everybody can call themselves a medical doctor is reasonable. But that everybody can call himself a chess coach, I really don't see the problem in. What, I mean, that's not something that has to be protected. I don't get the point of that at all. But it's not chess coach, it's Fides senior trainer. Jan <laughs> uh, uh, is a Fides senior trainer, but I don't think Mazetovic is a Fides uh, senior trainer. So you, you can be a coach of the Olympiad mm -hmm. and... Yeah, well, I you think can, you can. Yeah. But you can, there are certain, certain things you cannot do. For instance, also, if you want to win the coach of the which, year. Which one? Which one? Well, if you want to win the coach of the year award, for instance, you have to be a feeder licensed uh, coach. But you are then. Because so, you won. Yeah, I was. I was. I mean, the only reason I won this award was that. Um, 
that year I was the coach of the Lithuanian uh, team at the Olympiad. So uh, Lithuanian Federation ah. ended up paying like two, three hundred euros for, or maybe the Danish Federation paid, and maybe they didn't notice, but just ended up paying. And um, that was kind of it. But uh, Kazimjanov said the same that when he got it recently, it was because that he needed to register, and then uh, they gave him the award as well. So I think, but I just I dislike the idea. I don't want yeah, to be a, a feed a verified coach. I mean, uh, why should I be? I, I, well, they have no business doing that, and uh, they are using it for a way to sort of uh, uh, tax people, and they, they really should. Anyway, that was the least important of the subjects I spoke about. I mean, well, also, when I talk about Igor Doran, I understand that he's uh, perhaps not a friend of yours, but you actually met him, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not a friend of mine. But yeah, I went to Moldova uh, many times uh, due to my um, personal reasons, <laughs> and uh uh, I met some, uh, yeah, uh, some officials from there. And what was, uh, I mean, like something I will do, I will share my spying with you. It was not spying, but I was surprised that the speech were given in Romanian. And then when they were talking together, they were talking in Russian. So it was clear that the, the I mean, like this, all, all these officials, it was clear that their, um, let's say that. Uh, cultural b b background was clearly uh, hundred percent Russian. I mean, but in in uh, public they, they would talk Romanian. Uh, th that was a bit weird to me, but uh, that's the only thing <laughs> I noticed. It was not wrong. Yeah, I gave yeah. I gave a Simola uh, one time I think there, and uh, he, he was there. And actually, I think I mean he's very much interested in chess. So. Uh, maybe I even played him. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. uh, but um, for sure I met him. And uh, yeah, that's the only thing I could um, uh, I, I could notice for you. Sorry, Peter, it's not much. Okay, well, not much of a spy, but uh, well, whatever I can yeah, get, okay. I take. So, Jan, you want to weigh in on the feeder subject? So better not. Um, I don't know any of these people. Like, yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to think that Moldova was on Putin's list of strategic yeah. targets. Other than that, I can't weigh in on anything. I hope it it won't get there and we don't have to have any debates. If they just want to control Transnistria or the whole place or which mm -hmm. uh, phony or not phony ex-president also happens... To be the president of the Chess Federation, which would then, of course, make Peter draw an arrow towards FIDE. Like. Of course. I mean, don't you see that, uh, you know, Moldova and uh, Georgia has, uh, are being employed in FIDE? You don't see a pattern there. No, you probably don't. I do right. not. I hope they'll be fine. But uh, the FIDE links, <laughs> I'm not that concerned about at this point. <laughs> he just, I mean, Jan is planning his next trip to Thailand. I mean, he has important business to deal with. I mean, it doesn't see a, he sees a pattern with Moldova and Georgia. It's country where he's not planning to to, to visit <laughs> during the winter. Exactly. These okay. are non-Thailand countries. Yeah, yeah. Non-Thailand countries. Exactly. Not to visit during winter because it's incredibly cold in both countries. Uh, during winter. I can so, imagine. Um, oh boy. Preferably 30 not. hours ago, I was wearing a t-shirt, <laughs> sitting in the sun, having oh. a delicious apple crumble pie for 55 baht. Um, uh, we do actually appreciate you showing up for the podcast very much. So I, I'm actually done that. Yeah, too. yeah. I traveled back to, to get here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, so chicken of the week. Do you have anybody? For me, it's... Chicken Masaman curry is my chicken of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 
No, I, again, I'm trying to come up with convoluted reasons for for getting in gear, yeah. but uh, it's 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 hard these days. I mean, in he chicken out from playing, no, or is he playing? Maybe he's playing global. He's playing. Something. He's playing uh, the global. I think he's playing this global championship uh, on chess.com uh, as we speak. Actually, I think he won the first game against. Uh, He's also um, he's also snuck into some chess base India competition, no? Like he's he's playing all the all the bases. Yeah, and also this um, this uh, what is it called the the Magnus Chess Tour, the 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 big final event. He also snuck into, and maybe I will nominate the the organizers there. I mean, they keep giving Giri a wild card. I mean, uh, you know, they don't take popular streamers; take some who doesn't uh, play the preliminaries and get locked out. So. I don't know. That's a bit anti-gearish, but uh, it's difficult to come up with good chickens these days. Um, in Chess 960, there is no chickens. That's the whole point of it, right? Well, you're gonna go out of business if 960 wins uh, the battle for, for for world chess domination. I'm even 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 Wesley, uh, it did disappoint me when he was banking all his hopes on a on a fake on the wrong uh, castle. You know, but that was very risky. I thought. I mean, that was bold. I mean, like. Okay, come on. Uh, because you are, I'm sure he was not 100% sure that it was legal. Uh, because he's not, uh, uh, I mean, you understand that you are in check and maybe it's not possible to castle. And if he cannot castle, he has to resign. Uh, so um, that was yeah. actually quite a risk. Uh, <laughs> that didn't pay off. Did you think he could castle there? I thought you're in check. Of course, you can't castle, but maybe there's more to it. No, I agree that when I thought about it, I thought he couldn't castle. But when I didn't think about it, I thought he could just ah, castle. Okay. If you get my point, point. Mm-hmm. We just calculate a line. I mean, it, you know, it's a bit weird that uh, King can escape to safety, but not like that. But uh, I don't know. It's, I would say it's pretty weak chicken. You have a, a good chicken, Jan? You only have uh, dishes. No? I had a lot of good chicken, yeah, but... Um... No, uh, I was. Uh, I didn't have any opportunities to chicken out in. in <laughs> no, time you took open. a buy. I took again, a buy. That just seems like a very I did strong a, position. I did a, mean, a, a, a twelve moves door today. Congrats to secure to secure to secure spot. I mean that was, but yeah. So I, I can nominate myself. But you're just a battle hardened professional. That's not chicken. Yeah. And sometimes when I debated this openings position with Magnus, I didn't speak my mind freely. I don't think, I think that's just common sense is not being chicken, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, that uh, this move looks good. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, of course, Magnus signing off from the World Championship, you could put in that category, but we have spoken about it many times. It's not for chicken as recently, he doesn't want to play the World Championship. He just uh, doesn't seem to care enough. But you saw that he said in some interview that, uh, well, I'm not playing this World Championship, but I could actually consider coming back at some point that I'm not ruling out. Peter, I've been awake for 40 hours. I don't rule out coming back for this podcast, <laughs> but uh, no more Magnus talk today. Okay. Well, good night, Jan, and uh, thanks, for, thanks. For, for being with us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.